All right, welcome my beautiful bins and welcome to today's episode. So today's episode, I'm going to be talking about a whole bunch of fucking shit to be dead honest with you. But the main topic is about maximizing your potential so that you have no regrets. And this is, you know, so you've got no regrets at the end of your career, like the end of your working life or just at the end of your life in general. Okay, that's kind of what this whole episode is going to be about. I'm going to be talking about, I'm going to be breaking it down into why should it matter? Why, what, um, why people don't maximize their potential, what happens when you do maximize your potential. And then I'm going to give you kind of tips and pointers on how to actually go about maximizing your potential because I know that a lot of people are sitting here because this is really not really targeted at people who are like, I know exactly what I want to do. I have a passion. I have a purpose. I wake up with this like drive to go and do what I want to do. I'm not really targeting those people. I mean, you'll definitely get something out of this, but that's not who the episode is targeted for. This is more for the people that are like, I don't have a passion in life. I've never really had something that I'm obsessed with or that I have wake up and I'm pulled to do. I feel like I'm always pushing myself to, you know, even go to my own job and I never really like it. So I'm jumping from job to job or I don't have, I don't know what my purpose is. It's more like that because the problem is most people who feel that way don't take action on something until they feel passionate about it. But the problem is that the more you stay in this state of inactivity or in inaction or, or trying less things, the harder it is to get out of that zone, get out of that area where you're not taking action, where you're not moving or changing or starting something new. So you kind of get stuck in this in this spot. And I'm always talking about how life and, and reality and the world, we're always in a state of flux. So if you're not actually moving along with it at the very minimum, you're actually going backwards, okay? So a lot of people who don't know what their passion is, who have yet to find their passion or what their purpose is, are in this position where they're stuck. But the problem is you look down 10, 20, 40 years down the track and you look back and you think, I had so much potential to do something. And potential and I'm going to talk about the difference between, you know, potential and then actually like funneling your energy into doing something. Potential is unlimited, right? Where you're standing right now, if you've just come out of high school or you've just quit a job and thought, I'm changing my career, you really have the potential to do anything you want right now, almost, right? There's obviously some jobs, you know, if you, that you can't, but in general, there's so many options. You could go into architecture, engineering, you could be a singer, you, if you can fucking sing, you could be a, a fucking electrician, whatever the fuck it is that you want you're at this place with potential but then what do you do with it and how do you funnel it and actually turn it into something that you love so that's basically what the whole fucking episode is about now before we do that little update on my life I'm really fucking excited because I've been setting up uh, filming space this is kind of one of the thing one of the many things that I wanted to talk to you guys um, about and announce but I'm setting up this like filming space because I am going to start properly filming my podcast episodes for many reasons. Like I want to have the episodes filmed. Um, so there's like a, another medium there that you guys can access it on. I'll be sharing when that happens soon. But I also want to have like little smaller clips that I can be sharing on my Instagram, on like, you know, d different like YouTube, all of that. Just because it's good for me and for you guys, if you enjoyed something that I said or a little snippet and you want to share it, then hopefully I can be able to like cut up 
the videos into like these smaller, more digestible pieces. So that way you can be like, oh, that's what I wanted to hear or that's the episode that I want to go back to and listen to again or that's the one that I need to share, et cetera, et cetera. So it's good for me and it's also hopefully good for you guys as well. And then another exciting thing is that this week I did a fucking photo shoot. I did a photo shoot with Acast who are my agents um, because, drum roll, I'm your girl, me, being – the, the, the lead bean is going to be on billboards around Sydney, which is pretty fucking terrifying. And and one in Melbourne as well. Like billboards, guys, a, f- a billboard, okay? Picture it. Like picture me being on a billboard. I, I really – so the plan is that I want to have like a bottle of champagne and go around to all – I think there's like a whole bunch of them. Go around to the billboards and pop a bottle of champagne at each one. But then I'll probably be an alcoholic by the end of it. Because, well, not that there's that many billboards. Maybe I won't be an alcoholic. Maybe I'm just getting ahead of myself. Anyway, it's a billboard. I will be updating you when that happens, but it's very exciting. Now, what I wanted to do is a quick brain fact. I haven't done them for the last few episodes. I've been a bit of a shit show shambles. We're going to do a quick little brain fact, which is quite interesting, and then we'll get straight into today's episode. This brain fact is probably going to go for about five minutes, so if you're not really into the sciencey stuff, of course, feel free to fast forward to get into the topic of today's episode. But the brain fact for today or the brain fact for today's episode is how aspirin, which is also the, the active component of aspirin, which is a C – if I can say this 10 times in a row really quickly – acetosalicylic acid – I'm just going to call it ASA – can cause tinnitus or like hearing damage as well. So tinnitus is that incessant ringing that – you hear, and I think it's around like 14% of the population that have tinnitus, okay, or tinnitus as some people pronounce it. So how does aspirin cause tinnitus? So aspirin, as we all know, is used to treat pain and fever. It's anti-inflammatory and it also inhibits the like aggregation or the, the excessive production of platelets. So that way blood clots can't form. Um, and because of that, it's used to prevent blood clot strokes like within the brain and also myocardial infarctions. So um, heart people with heart conditions often will take an aspirin every day or something like that just to kind of like thins your blood out so you're not clotting or anything like that. So it's what's called a non-selective cyclooxygenase inhibitor and non-selective because it targets um, COX, COX-1 and 2. I'm not going to go into that. I've actually gone into how aspirin works um, on the podcast before, so I won't go into the crazy details. But basically, it targets these two enzymes, and through that, it messes up this production of something called prostaglandins. Okay, and prostaglandins are this lipid. I'm, I'm just going to really like brush over it, but prostaglandins are a lipid, and they're there to increase sensitivity to pain um, and the release of histamines and things like that. So. Due to prostaglandins, they control inflammation. They basically rush to the site of an injury or like tissue damage or something like that. And they can also cause like really high fevers as well. And fevers in general are supposed to be helpful, but sometimes it's obviously not a good thing because it starts to damage more than what it's intended to damage. Because a fever is actually intended to make the environment unlivable for invading cells or for toxins. Um, And so they die off and then you heal. But sometimes this fever also makes it unlivable for your own cells and it can cause a lot of damage for those, for your own good cells that you don't want to be killing. So that's when you take a medication like aspirin or something to kind of drop down the intensity of your inflammation and fever and all of that. Now, a lot of people take aspirin, like I said, every day to prevent a bunch of things, um, but it, overall it's a blood thinner basically. And 
And the active component of aspirin, which is salicylate, something along those lines, I'm just, it's doing my head in all these pronunciations, salicylate is known to basically induce tinnitus, which is, like I said, that ringing in the ear, when it's, but it's only when it's administered in relatively high doses. And it can also cause temporary mild to moderate hearing loss. Now, the interesting thing is when you drop the dose of aspirin, that then is reversed. So the tinnitus goes away if you have aspirin-induced tinnitus, and so does that hearing loss you're hearing should come back. So just to give you a picture of it, the average dose when you are recommended to take aspirin is 325 milligrams, but it's around this. It depends on each person. It's around a six gram mark that's going to cause tinnitus. So you're going, you'd need like 18 pills or something in one day. So that's more than you'd ever want or really need to take. There might be some cases when you need to take a lot of aspirin, but aspirin in general, you don't want to be taking too much of it because it's, it's causes, it's whatever. I'm not even going to go into it, but it's deadly if you take too much. So why does this happen? Why does it cause this problem with the hearing loss? So there's a few things. One of the things is that it causes this external pressure on the little hairs. They're called stereocilia, the little hairs within your inner ear. And this can cause the hairs, as they move from side to side, they send signals down to your brain, which causes you to interpret sound, basically, in a very roundabout way. And if you're causing more pressure, then it's sending constant signals down when there really isn't a sound signal present. So there's not actually a stimulus, but it thinks that there is a stimulus. So it's this constant ringing sound. Um, or it could do the opposite and cause a disruption in your hearing altogether. And this is just due to alterations in your neurotransmitter systems as to why the external pressure is going up um, on the little hairs of your stereocilia. And then there's another reason which, like they don't really understand it fully, but there's another reason where um, aspirin has a direct effect on the neurotransmitter system. And one of the things that it affects is the GABA transmitter transmission and GABA is a major inhibitory neurotransmitter and when that salicylate is increased an enzyme that synthesizes GABA will go up and then increase more neural traffic and then it causes a whole bunch of complicated things um, but that's basically it in a nutshell so it's just yeah pretty interesting to see that a change in neurotransmitter um, release or modulating how neurotransmitters are released can cause a whole bunch of things and something as Basically, like everyday or simple as aspirin can cause a change like that that's going to be affecting your hearing. Anyway, so that's the topic of today. That's, I mean, the brain fact of today. Let's get into the topic of today. So the first thing that I want to cover is why should it matter? Why should it matter that, you know, to maximize your potential? What, what will it, how will it affect you and why? The first thing that I want you to do is to try and be a little bit more realistic, not pessimistic, but more realistic in order to keep you more focused in the moment. So I was listening to this, fuck, I wish I could, I honestly wish I could credit this guy, but it was an interview that was being had. It was just on like a YouTube video and it was between these two guys and one of the guys said, you know, he was asking, he was interviewing the other guy and he was saying like, how old are your parents? And he was like, oh, they're like 75. And he was like, okay, so let's say hypothetically that they lived until they're 80, just as a hypothetical, right? He goes, how often do you see your parents? And he says, oh, I see them twice a year. So he says, most people would say, I've got five more years of seeing my parents, but really you've just got 10 more times of seeing your parents. And what's that going to make you do? It's going to make you want to go and see your parents more. I mean, granted this is imagining that you've got a good relationship with your parents but that's what it's going to do it's going to make you think fuck i need to get up and move and go and see my parents okay another another 
a little kind of example that I can give you is that my sister Stephanie, she was talking about this kind of calendar poster thing that you can have and it kind of calculates that you live to like let's say it's 90 or whatever it is but you type in what your age is and when you receive it or it's got a little tiny square for every day you've lived and all the days that you've already lived come already blacked out and all the days that you're remaining to live saying you're going to live to 90 or whatever are still white and my sister was saying that her partner was like that is fucking morbid as if you do that you're thinking about your death all the time but Stephanie looks at it in a completely different way she's like no I don't but when I look at it I think wow okay so this is this is what I got to do what am I going to do with my time what am I going to do to maximize today to like milk the day for what it's worth she doesn't look at that I don't even know if she bought it to be honest but she wouldn't be looking at that thinking wow, that's so depressing, I'm going to die. Because death is inevitable. I think it's good to have just realistic moments of being like the the reality of life is that I've already lived a third of it or X amount or whatever. And this is what I do have left. So what am I going to do to maximise this time that I have? And if you're looking at that analogy with the, you know, visiting your parents and seeing them twice a year, what are you going to do now about your relationship with your parents or your relationship with the people that you don't see all the time and you don't have the luxury of seeing all the time? What are you going to do about it? So I think it's really important that it matters about maximising your potential because there's going, to, there's going to come a time when you reach the end of you know the road for yourself or you're on your deathbed or someone else in your life has passed away and you think, wow, I didn't really maximise that as much as I could have. Okay, So that's why it should matter. Another reason why it should matter is because of this idea of compounding interest. If you do an action, and I've spoken about this when we do, um, uh, when I talk about habits and rituals and why they're so important to absolutely transform your life. But when you do an action, if you do it again and again and again, these tiny actions, it compounds. It's not like, oh, this little tiny action is then independent to the other tiny action you do the next day. No, they start to add up, add up, add up. And not only do they add up, but the benefits that you get start compounding like interest and the benefits get bigger and bigger and bigger. So that's why it should matter now. That's why you should be listening to this and that's why you should be paying attention thinking, okay, I have to put this into practice today because if I maximise my potential today, it's going to be better than if I waited 10 years. But if you did wait 10 years, then fucking maximise it then and there, okay? Next thing I want to talk about is why is it that people don't maximize their potential? The main reason is because they don't know what they want in their life, okay? And they have, and well, there's two things. Number one, they don't know what they want or they don't know what their purpose is. And another really big one is that they have a huge lack of self-belief. So they might have an idea of what they want, but they don't think that they're able to do it. They just don't. They don't trust in themselves. They haven't ever had support externally. So they think I can't support myself if I've never received it externally. Or they just don't know, you know, if they have the intelligence. They just don't back themselves basically. So they don't do anything about it. And before I get into what you actually can be doing, I want to talk about also what happens when you do maximize your potential. You actually learn what you want and what your purpose is by doing, okay? So I'm going to talk about those points in a second. But when you do things, which I'll be teaching you how to do in one sec, when you do these things that are going to help you maximize your potential in your life, in every area, you actually start to realize more and more and more of what you want and what you're passionate about, okay? The more you sit around, the harder it's going to get 
um, the harder it's going to be for you to formulate an idea of what you love or what you're passionate about, okay? We think that if we start doing something, a lot of people have this fucked up conception, like this idea that, oh, but if I start doing that and I go too far down the track, well, then I've lost time. So I might as well not bother investing time in that because I'm not truly passionate about it. So I won't even start. I'm just going to sit here and fucking wait till something lands in my lap that I adore. Then I'll follow that. That's not how it fucking works. Firstly, if you found something that you were interested in and you went down that track and you followed it and it didn't work out, it wasn't a waste of time and I can guarantee you, you either met someone, you learned something or you got a good memory out of it. Some, you had experiences that have now, this is that compounding interest, have added to your life and are helping steer you in another direction if that wasn't the direction for you. But a lot of people will sit there and be like, oh, I could do that because I'm kind of interested, but I don't love it, so I won't. So you would rather not do something that you're semi-interested in to sit in your ass and do fuck all with your life. That's what a lot of people would rather do, which is actually quite messed up. But people genuinely think that things that they love and are passionate about are going to land in their lap. Life doesn't work that way. It doesn't fucking work that way. Okay? Stop thinking that by making a decision or taking a choice, you are cock blocking yourself, okay? It is always better, always better to have less options that are good than endless options of which you know nothing about, okay? When you have endless options, it is confusing, it is exhausting, and it is paralyzing. It stops you from taking action because you're constantly like, oh, this, that, this, that. And I have an episode all about, you know, um, how to make irreversible decisions and the importance of making a decision where you can't, you know, where you have less options and why that is so beneficial. So that's all in a decision-making episode. So go check that one out. So now I want to talk about things that you can be doing already to start maximizing your potential. Now, the first one I've kind of just touched on it is less options. So we think that the key to happiness is endless options, but it's not it's having a choice to stay or leave is the key to happiness. Independence is the key to happiness in the sense that you don't have that you're not trapped or you're not relying on someone to do something else. And if that person won't do it, then you can't do it. Independence is the key to happiness. Having a choice, freedom of choice is the key to happiness. Okay. But not endless options. We don't need endless options. And often when we give ourselves endless options, we think that we're a lot happier. But in reality, we now are doing nothing because we don't know how, what to choose. We don't know what to do okay simplicity when you scale things down and keep it simple that's when you're going to find that you're a lot happier okay I'm not saying that you should now make your life boring and have less options I'm saying when you have a whole bunch of options start to cull it down pretty quickly very fucking quickly okay because you waste time and there's so many things in our life that have been created to save time but in reality they've made us waste our life away okay so now endless options is what is marketed to us all the time. And we now feel that if you have endless options, that's what we want, okay, in, in every area, okay? Look at look at um, streaming services, something like Netflix, endless options. And not only is it endless options, but everything's at our fingertips and we can access it now, 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 now. Look at dating apps. You have endless options at your fingertips, so it's a lot harder to commit to one thing because you're like, whoa, 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 but there's like literally thousands of other people that I could be like going through and checking out and maybe messaging, you know, you look, look at food delivery services, look at those, you know, when you're trying to decide what to eat and there's just so many fucking decisions that it takes you forever. Okay. Has it made you infinitely happier? All these things that have, that have occurred? No, it hasn't. Okay. The more options do not equal more happiness. Okay. We need to be culling these fucking options and sticking to fewer but good options, okay? 
Do you remember when we used to wait to watch one, maybe two of our favourite TV shows on fucking TV and we would have to wait to watch one hour and then once that hour was over, we would have to be waiting until the next week for that TV show to go on. We didn't choose which show it was going to be. It was just when the network decided what, when they were going to air it and this is now on 8pm on a Thursday night. And that's just how it was, okay? Do you think you're so much more, your life is better and you are happier now that you've got infinite TV shows at your fingertips? No. In any, in, if anything, I was actually a lot more excited because I had something to look forward to and it was really good. And then when it was on, I was fucking here for it. I was present and I didn't want anyone to interrupt me and I was really enjoying it. Now, there's this complacency because we have so much accessibility. We have so much at our fingertips. We start watching something. We get over it. Click next, 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 next. People are like that in the dating scene as well. There's so much, so much available, too many options that you're literally saying next, next, because you don't invest enough time in somebody to know if it's worth your while or not. It's not that that person's not good enough. It's that people can't be fucked anymore because they have too many options, okay? If you want to maximize your relationships, your time, your potential in your life, cull your options, okay? The next thing I want you to do is to separate and identify when you're thinking versus doing. Thinking about something and talking about something and talking how other people have done it and how they should have is the polar opposite of doing, the polar opposite, okay? One equals comfort and protection and in a place of judgment and the other one is you being out of your comfort zone and vulnerable and in a place where you're potentially being judged, okay? One never delivers results and prizes and the other one will keep delivering time and time again. Even if it's negative sometimes, it fucking delivers, okay? At, at least you're getting an experience out of it. With the other one, you're doing fuck all, you're wasting your time. Now, remind yourself that here you are, thinking I'm not doing anything because I don't know what I want. So I'd rather do nothing with my days, with my weeks, with my years and get nothing back because uh, I just don't know what I want to do with my life. Who cares if you, don't, if you don't know what you want to do with your life? That doesn't matter. It is a fucking lie that you have to find something that you are passionate about before you start. It's bullshit. How do you know 90% of the time if you're passionate about something without even trying it? Don't eat this lie that find your passion and then follow it. No, take action, start doing shit, start trial and error, and then you'll find your passion. It's action, then passion, not passion and then action. And we've got it all messed up in our mind. So we waste all this time wasting away our potential thinking, I'd rather have endless options and be in this position where I could be anything I wanted to be than actually bite the fucking bullet and do something with my life and commit to a path. Okay, that path doesn't have to last forever. You can change it on course, but start somewhere. Otherwise, this potential that you have is going to be withered away and you'll be old and you'll have nothing nothing that you can do. No options then. Okay. So you go from endless options to no options. Let's take my life as an example. I had no fucking idea what I wanted to do. I wanted to be an actor. I really wanted to be an actor, but I was like, I honestly am terrified. I was terrified that I would be trying to peddle this dream, you know, in my 30s or 40s and nothing would have come about. And then if that was the case, what would I be doing in the meantime? So because of that, I thought, I'm just going to start a bachelor's degree. I'm just going to do it. So I, I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I knew that I didn't want to do nothing. So I started at uni and I started doing French and history and like all a whole bunch of random things because I was trying to pique my interest in something. And then I chose psychology. And in psychology, there was a lecture that I'm like, bang, there we go. 
that's it. Okay. This took me applying for uni, getting accepted into uni, deciding when I was going to start, choosing all my subjects, going to all these subjects. And probably by like more than halfway through the semester, did I then find something that I'm like, yes, 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 yes. That's what I want. I wouldn't have discovered my love for neuroscience if I hadn't done that. And none of those things was I passionate about. None of them. I just did it. I wanted to do something in the meantime and I wanted to maximize my time. I was just terrified that I'd be sitting on my ass waiting for, you know, someone to call me after an audition and that maybe never happening. You know, I didn't I didn't like the idea of that. And I also didn't it didn't sit well with me having chosen a career path for me which was acting where so little of it was in my control, like so little of it. And so that's why I was like, well I've got to do something with my time. I've got to do this. And that's and then I did it. And then I was trial, error, trial, error, trial, the shit. Bang, found something that I was passionate about. I you have to go looking for it. You have to go out looking for it. You can't just talk about it and you can't think about it. You've got to do. And sometimes the things that you do are things that aren't that exciting or you're not that passionate about. But I can guarantee you the chances of you finding your passion are infinitely higher when you're out there taking action, trialing this, signing up for this little course, going to this social gathering, going, joining that ping pong club than it is sitting at home thinking what could be my passion. This is saying, I'm probably going to bastardize the saying, but it's my mom and my mom says it to me. Um, and it's something like, it's like itching. All you have to do is start. It's like, you start to itch and before you know it, you're going and you're going and you're going and then you can't even stop. That kind of analogy can be used for so many things in life. You just have to start. You've got to get the ball rolling and then momentum does the rest for you, okay? But you have to try things. And if you don't know what to do, if you don't know where to start and you're scared to commit to something maybe for financial reasons or time reasons, then do shorter things. Do a short course in writing, in design, get good at numbers, um, learn to ride a motorcycle, um, set yourself a random task and just go and do it. Join a futsal group for fuck's sake, you know. When you get out there, you get excited and then you meet people and those are the people that are on the wavelength that you want to be meeting. They're the people that are out there doing shit. And then when you meet them, you talk to them, you get have conversations with them, they then trigger new ideas in you. If you're doing the same thing day in, day out with your life, reading the same shit, watching the same shit on TV, having the same conundrums about decision-making when it comes to what you're going to order a fucking Uber Eats, then nothing is going to fucking change and you are not maximizing your potential with your life. If you get out there, even if you have no idea what your passion is and you're meeting these people, they are going to trigger an idea in your head. They're going to make you realize, wow, that's a really cool idea. That person's doing this with their spare time. I've never even thought about that. I'm going to try that. You start trying things, things become more enjoyable and they could lead to a passion that you never even knew existed. Another thing, the next thing that I want you to do is pay attention to the things that you can com- that you complain about where something can be done, okay? That's really important. I mean, complaining in general is just unnecessary because if you can't do anything about it, you've got to find a way to deal with it and live with it. And if you can do something about it, why are you complaining? Like I used to, I sometimes think back and think how fucking annoying I must have been where I would be really, really um, frustrated because I would, my asthma would be really bad, but I would have to go and get script for my asthma medication. 
but I couldn't be fucked going to the doctor because you got to book an appointment, you got to go, and then you got to pay for the medication. And the whole saga was really annoying. So I would rather sit and complain about why my asthma was really bad, but I wouldn't go and book the appointment with the, with the doctor, or I wouldn't go and book an appointment with a specialist to see if I could, you know, make it better or get on better medication. And here I am, whinging, whinging, whinging. And one day I thought to myself, shut the fuck up, Alexis. You are so annoying. Your parents must be so sick of hearing you just talk shit about not getting off your ass and doing something about a life situation that something can be done in okay it's very fucking annoying and a lot of people i've done it a lot of people repeat this cycle again and again and again and you forget sometimes you don't realize how long you've been repeating the same bullshit you might think oh i've only been talking about it for six months it could have been years and you're going around and around in circles talking about complaining about the same fucking shit in your life so you need to pay attention to it and think can i actually do something about it and even if the solution is very annoying and i have to go out of my way can I do it? Because if you can do it, shut up and do it, okay? Don't whinge when something happens to you because it's just such an inconvenience when you can do something about it. And for me, I kind of now, when I, when I have to, you know, for example, prime example, I ran out of my fucking asthma medication and for two weeks my asthma was like not good. I was taking my Ventolin all the time. And instead of being like, oh, fuck, I've got to go to the doctor, I thought, how sick is it that I, A, can afford a doctor, B, can go to the doctor during the middle of the day and it works for me, I can do it, C, have access to medication which is pretty fucking cheap and it literally feels like I don't have this disease anymore. It literally goes away. If I take the medication morning and night, it's just gone. Imagine what it would have been like for people before this medication existed. It would have been just awful and and I can't even it just awful so in you just change how you look at things yeah okay I have to spend the money I have to spend the time it's annoying I didn't choose to have this this annoying disease blah, 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 whinge, 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 versus wow look at all the resources I have that I can do something about it and within under an hour it's done just do it you know so there's I can look at it both ways I can sit and whinge or not I can do something about it the next thing is that every time you have a responsibility and it's annoying you want to change how you look at change how you look at it kind of like what i was just saying now responsibility is a blessing the fact that you have responsibilities the fact that you have to pay for things and work around your timetable represents independence and if you don't realize the value of your independence then you haven't probably experienced what it's like for that independence to be taken away so go speak to someone that's just entered full-time care and can't be independent because of maybe their mind has deteriorated or they're physically deteriorated Go speak to someone who's locked away in a prison who has no independence. Go speak to someone who's lost financial independence in their abusive relationship and now have no accessible resources to leave that relationship, okay? Losing independence is fucking game over. And when you have it, it is a big responsibility. It's a big responsibility not to succeed, but it's a responsibility to do something with that independence, anything. Put yourself in the shoes of someone who doesn't have a choice at all with where, where their life is headed right now. And how would they view your situation? They wouldn't be two-faced if they didn't know what, what to do with their time. They would just want to run like a bull out of the gates and try whatever they could. They would be trying this, trying that, signing up for this, going to that social event. They would do whatever they could. They would be milking every day for what that day is worth because they're looking at your situation being like, well, you have the independence to do something that I don't have, okay? Every time I feel complacent, I switch perspectives of how I look at my life and what I have. 
For example, one of the things I do is exactly that. I think of someone who doesn't have the independence and then I think, fuck, you know, a lot of people would love to be in this position. Um, I think about my old self and how she would have loved to be doing what I'm doing now and how she would have, you know, so many things about what I'm doing now. I would like try and manifest, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, I'd be like, I want to work for myself. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I think when I feel complacent about what I'm doing and when I get annoyed that I have a deadline, I think, wow, you actually would have killed to do this a few years ago. Be grateful and enjoy the journey a little bit more. So it's these grounding thoughts that you have that make you think, yeah, fuck, get up and just do something. It makes you feel really good about what you're doing and it makes you feel really excited about the possibilities for your day, your week, your year. Another thing that I often do is I imagine myself at the end of my life looking back at my life and the actions that I took and what I did. And the main thing that I would be happy with, if I put myself in the shoes of my future old self on my deathbed, the main thing that I would be happy about is not all the major successes that I had or potentially, you know, want to have or will have. I, will th- I think that the thing that would excite me the most is that I w- I'd be thrilled that I just put myself out there and tried as many different things as possible. And I would be thrilled that I experienced highs and lows you know, I think if I only ever experienced good things, then I wouldn't understand. I feel like you need contrast in life to really experience what life is about. I feel like you can't truly experience pure happiness if you haven't ever experienced, you know, adversity or a, a, a learning curve or, you know, heartbreak for most of us. I feel like it's so important to have that. It's so important to feel like you're an absolute novice in order to feel like you've mastered something. It's important to feel, you know, the concept of lack to experience abundance. You know, I think it's really important to look at things that way. So think when I'm on my deathbed, am I going to be excited about achieving that one big thing and then I found my purpose and it was this one big fucking thing that I achieved? Or will I want to look back at my life and be like, fuck yes, you fucking put yourself out there. You tried all these things. You met all these people. You you were spontaneous. You just did it. You had these relationships and it wasn't polished. It wasn't fucking perfect. But I can say I lived That's what you want to be saying, okay? It doesn't have to be polished. It doesn't have to be perfect and you don't have to achieve these high highs. That's not what you're going to be looking back on at the end of your life. I can guarantee you that. There's even books about it of people that have been interviewed. I think it's like the last – it's like the the five wishes of the dying. It's probably not the name of the book but it's around that and it's very, very, very um, impactful, that book. So go read it. Now, another thing that I want you to do is – Um, back to the limit your choices and take action. This is actually something that my cousin Giselle does to me and it's really, really good. Um, When you're – start start doing this with small things in life and then you can start to apply it to bigger and bigger decisions in your life. But when I'm about to – when my cousin Giselle and I are going to go and eat out, instead of thinking – what do we want to eat? And there's all these different cuisines, even from what like we live in, when when I was living in Surrey Hills, there was literally like a different cuisine you could think of all on like two streets. It was everything to to choose from. And instead of thinking, what could we have? Could we have pizza? Could we have, um, you know, Lebanese? Could we have ramen? Could we? And we're just like arming and ahhing. Giselle would do this thing and she would say, okay, she'd only give you two options at a time. So she would say Italian or Thai. And then you'd discard one. So Thai, okay. And then she'd say Thai or Japanese. 
And then you'd be like, ah, uh, Japanese. Okay, so you've already, you discard as you go. So instead of looking at 10 options or 20 options, you're only looking at two options at a time and you're discarding one as you go. And once you discard that option, you can't go back because you've already got one that you prefer. And then it gets to a point where, say, I've ch- chosen Japanese, then she'll be like, Japanese or whatever. And I, if I keep saying Japanese, 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 that's the answer. We're having Japanese for dinner. So it's a very simple concept, but you need to break it down into two options at a time. Do it for movies. For example, genre. Do you want to watch horror or thriller? Thriller. Do you want a thriller or comedy? Thr- you know, and you just do it like that. And then you start to cull, 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 but do two options at a time. I was also listening to this, again, another – I feel like I'm just referencing so many fucking TikToks or like YouTube videos in this episode, but I was watching this um, – this uh, TikTok and this guy was talking about this um, salesman, a shoe salesman, and he says that you always only ever give the customer two options. The moment there's three options, they're not going to buy. If there's two options, they buy. So say they're choosing two pairs of shoes and they say, oh, I want to try another pair. So you say, okay, so which one out of these two do I put back? You make them make a decision then and there. So they'll be like, oh, put those ones back. Then they bring out the new pair. So now you've only got two to look at again and you keep it that way because when there's endless decisions, they don't make a fuck decision and then they leave without making the purchase the same thing happens when you're looking at you know you're just unsatisfied with your choice because you had too many choices okay so use that little game that Giselle um uses on me and I recommend I, I use it on my friends as well it's really fucking good it's fun and it's quick and before you know it bang the decision's been made you've committed and you feel good about it Okay. Now, the last thing that I want to go into before I conclude this episode is that I want you to simplify the action. Don't tell yourself that it has to be successful or that it has to be your passion or that it has to be part of your purpose or the be all end all. It's all a summation of action. Okay. It's an ant hill that you're building. And every day or most days, you're adding a grain to that hill one little grain, one fucking little grain. It doesn't seem much. And because it doesn't seem much, it's very easy to do and it feels good to do it. It's not overwhelming. It's not this thing that you have to think long and hard about. You just do this little action, but it's consistent. And before you know it, all these grains start to build to something really big. No individual action. Not one little thing that you did was ever like, I can't do it. It's too much. I can't, um, you know, I'm wasting so much time. No, it was all the little actions that then added up to turn something that you were just doing for fun into a passion, to turn this, you know door that you walked through into a purpose okay it's these little actions every single day of exploration in your life meeting people um, exploring ideas trying things failing at things succeeding at other things it's this little grain of sand every single day where you're doing something to maximize your potential to milk every day for what it's worth okay so basically in conclusion to conclude the fucking episode good times you got this far love you so much if you're sitting there right now I want you guys to focus your energy into something, okay? The focus is on action, not the thing, okay? It's on doing, not, not the result, okay? If you're waiting to become passionate about something, you might be waiting until it's too late. You don't want to look back on life and think, oh, I sat around waiting for something to slap me in the face when all I had to do was go out and explore things and, and explore opportunities and, you know, meet my passion along my explorations and along the people that I meet along the way. You know, interest turns into love and passion. Just like a best friendship is not going to manifest overnight or a love that lasts for the ages does not manifest after the first date, those things take time and so does finding your passion or your purpose. They take time. They take effort and nurturing and, you know, 
daily um, attention and so do your life passions, okay? So it might be a bit of trial and error, but you also don't find your friends or you don't find the greatest love of your life if you don't put yourself out there and trial new things and, you know, experience trial and error in your relationships as well. The same goes, you use that analogy, how you feel about finding what makes, makes you truly happy and what you do with your life is the same as how you find the right relationships. You have to put yourself out there. Things are going to work, things are not going to work, but it doesn't work if you don't work, okay? and you will not it's not going to come and slap you in the face and the less action you take the less chances you are of finding something that you're passionate about one day you're going to look back and it doesn't have to be when you're 90 it could be in five years time or 10 and you're going to think why didn't I just register for that thing why didn't I just attend that fucking class or that or that or that that little dance course would it have killed me what if I just decided to complete that six-week course or sign up for for that salsa class what could have manifested from that the only regret you can have is the regret of not trying. I remember before my grandmother passed away, I, we, you know, I was sitting down having breakfast with her one day and she said to me, you know, a, a really big regret that I have in my life is when I was 19 that I didn't go to um, nursing school with my, my two best friends. Like they both went and I was like umming and ahhing and then I didn't end up going. She carried that regret for her entire life that she didn't do it. It's inaction. The only failure is failure to take action and it will be with you forever. And I just wish that she didn't carry that with her her whole life. But it's because she knew that she would have been good at it and she could have done it and she probably would have loved it. You know, she knew that in her. She had that fire in her and that interest to do it. She didn't know if it was going to be her life passion, but it was a, a strong enough interest that she wished she had pursued. Okay? So the only failure is to fail to take action. The only way you're going to reach your full potential is to add little grains of sand to that hill. Little by little, you make a lot and then it will compound. But you have to start today. So my homework for you guys today is to decide on one thing you can do. It could be a social thing. It could be for your health, mental or physical, or it could be um, an activity like just for like purely hobby for fun or it could be something career-wise. If you're sitting there thinking, I have no idea what I want to do with my life, right now go and Google five different short courses that you could be doing and do it in like, if you have no idea, do one in design, do one where it's using your body, do one where it's using your creativity, drawing, go and do it and sign up for a course. You'll be so surprised what will come out of you signing up for a course. And there's free courses out there as well. So don't fucking, like I said, do not whinge when there is a solution. Do not stand there and give me all the excuses under the sun. You have the independence that somebody out there doesn't have. So what are you going to do with the resources that you have with your time today okay guys thank you so much for listening to today's episode i love you guys so much maximize your potential don't reach the end of your life thinking i could have i should have i would have okay love you you guys are the best thank you for sharing this episode thanks for spreading the word thanks for growing the community into what it is you guys are the real mvp beans um or mvbs i guess most valuable beans um and i love you so much and i will speak to you guys on monday as always please remember be kind to yourself be kind to your brains don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself danke